Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is ValueSide. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit ValueSide.com. Well, today, the 2023 election. I live in an area known as the Philadelphia Collar Counties, a collection of suburbs surrounding the country's sixth most populous city, Philadelphia. It's a generally affluent area. It is an area of many contrasts, from the new high-rise apartments in Exton to the multi-million dollar horse farms in Upper Chester County to the backwoods rural settings nestled near the Great Woods Conservation Area. This area is also known as one of the nation's critical electorates. The collar counties are renowned for a swing group, often supporting the winning presidential candidate. In 2016, we went solidly for President Trump, and then we helped offset the solidly Democratic bloc in Philadelphia. Well, in 2020, we swung to President Biden and helped give him the margin of victory. Now, on Tuesday, the Collar Counties joined the rest of the country in trudging to the polls to cast our votes. For us, this was a local election with candidates for school boards, judgeships, and townships filling the ballot. Although he did not appear on our ballots, one figure's presence hung over the election like a pall, Joe Biden. As president, Biden's policies have been instrumental in guiding the nation through the significant issues of war, economic growth, and inflation. Now, Pennsylvania may differ from other states. We allow campaigning on Election Day. The political parties are allowed to set up tables, complete with flyers and other campaign literature, all at a respectful distance from the actual poll. And it was here that the first surprise of the day appeared. Now, as we noted, this is a swing county, one that has an uncanny ability to vote for the victor in presidential elections. Consequently, there's almost always an equal number of poll workers and supporters at the two parties' campaign tables. Everything was normal over the R's table that day, the usual three or four workers, along with half a dozen or so supporters, all shooting the breeze and catching up on the neighborhood news. Now, I expected to see the same at the D's table, but instead, there sat one lonely young lady, all by herself, with no one to talk to. As I walked by and said good morning, it was if she saw a long-lost relative. I may have been one of the first to greet her. Now, she appeared to be someone other than the local landed gentry or a partner at one of the significant investment firms that dot the area. Vanguard Funds, incidentally, is right down the street. Instead, I thought that she was likely at the table in support of one of many democratic social stances, perhaps women's rights on social and racial equality, or she was for or against one of the current wars, either Ukraine or Gaza. But no matter her motivation for being there, it was obvious that she had become an election outcast. No one wanted to talk to her or read her literature. And that was a first in all my time voting at this poll. This was the only time I have ever seen either party, R or D, without at least some supporters dropping by. Now at the polls were the hell or high water citizens who took their civic responsibility seriously and would vote no matter what. It was mid-morning, and as expected at that hour, most in line were my fellow baby boomers. 
There were the usual discussions in line, who died and who was in the rest home. Unfortunately, at this age, mortality is topic number one. It's also a generation that is leaving a legacy, one that falls not too kindly on their progeny. It was the unseen issue on this ballot, war and peace, prosperity, and the American dream. Will the boomer children have all the opportunities that we had? It doesn't seem so, and that's a heavy burden. To think that we boomers are endowing the next generation with less is almost unthinkable. Yet here's the reality. It's reflected in some of the long-term data that is now emerging. The number of workers who are permanently disabled is skyrocketing currently, and for the first time in over 100 years, life expectancy of the average American is declining. Unimaginable. Yet, the GDP is higher, and the stock market is also higher, but we seem to be just one stock market crash away from all of that tumbling to the ground. Some dark shadows swirl around this president's policies. Just why is the administration allowing millions to come over our southern border? It's much more than social justice, I think. Are they trying to replace an aging and ill population? And then rumors are circulating that the prophylactic, I can't use the common term for <clears throat> risk I can't use the common term for risk of censorship, but the prophylactic may not have been quite as safe and effective as advertised. Did the FDA or manufacturers perform a thorough and complete safety test of these products? That's the question. The United States has spent well over $100 billion in supporting Ukraine in its war effort. However, it's now reported that there are no audits or controls of the monies or supplies since. Rumor abounds that the U.S. arms are ending up in the hands of terrorists around the world, and the Ukrainian officials have become wealthy on the American largesse. Does President Zelensky have a multi-million dollar villa in Miami? These are all the things that were gnawing at the stomachs of voters this week. Much of it was below the surface, and as far as I know, few of these accusations have been confirmed with documented published proof. Yet there is a growing sense that this administration plays fast and loose with the normal rules and standards. Rules and standards that help build this country and have been cast aside. Although his name was not on the ballot, it was the specter of Joe Biden that hung over this election. The next time we meet at our local polls, Joe Biden will be on the ballot, and if this election is any indication, he may be as unwelcome as that young lady with the D name tag. And that's today's Value Side. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. Value Side is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own.